Welcome to Costly Conversations. I'm excited because we have John, who is running a special group specifically designed for veterans based out of Miami. And I suppose the question would be, is this necessary? Not because we don't, de- you know, vets don't deserve our, our love, affection, care, admiration, and respect, but there are a ton of other veterans groups out there. And I'm, I really want John to jump in here with us and explain what his group is doing a little bit differently and how he's making a difference in the lives of veterans in his local area. This is Costly Conversations. My name is Aaron, and uh, we thank you for being here. Let's get into it. John, how are you, buddy? Hey, good evening, good evening. I'm doing all right over there. All right, all right. Well, we thank you for coming on this evening. I know this is, for those who are listening, um, pre-recorded, off-schedule. We are going live to the guys in the uh, locals community. For those who, if you want to catch something like this from time to time, it'll be there in the locals. Um, But you, John, are doing something kind of interesting. I'm um, happy to talk about it. But as I said in the intro, there's a lot of veterans organizations. Yours is based out of Miami, local to Miami. What's the name of your organization, first of all? What are you guys doing and what makes it unique? Okay, so uh, first off, uh, the organization is called Miami Veterans Association. We're a 501c3 company based out of South Florida. We service uh, West Palm Beach, Broward, Miami-Dade, and sometimes Monroe County. Uh, the focus is mostly on emergency assistance, crisis intervention, community building, and morale and welfare. Um, and what we see a lot with these national groups is that, you know, there are big names like uh, Wounded Warrior Project. Everybody's probably heard of that. Um, but what have you actually seen them benefit from or how have they benefited uh, veterans? So when you have a national organization zoomed all the way out, it's hard to affect any specific person uh, in any great manner. Whereas what we try and do is we're on a more local community-based level. We focus on Miami-Dade, Broward County, West, like I said. Um, that allows us to take a more precise approach on a person-to-person basis. You know, Not everybody is exactly the same. So say we have somebody who's got uh, an issue with the vehicle and their car broke down, they can't get to work. Um, You know, we try and step in. We're not gonna just throw money at a problem. We're gonna figure out how can we help these individuals? You know, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna network them with the mechanics. We're gonna get them the car over there, get that paid for. So that way they can get back to work. You know, the whole concept of, teach a man how to fish and you'll be able to feed him for a lifetime rather than just giving him a fish and feeding him for the day. Awesome. Well, I can definitely appreciate uh, an organization that is kind of a bit more hands-on and and can offer a more, I'll say the word intimate approach, because if you are literally doing life with these guys, maybe not literally every single day, but you know, like you said, there's community building. I did see that you guys had, a, a community event recently for Veterans Day. I know we talked about that a few weeks ago and how excited 
kind of we all were to see how it went. Um, and there are some guys that I have a lot of love and admiration for, like uh, Armando from Scout Concepts or Devin from um, oh, Mochi Actual. And, you know, like I see, you know, you got a big old smile for those just listening in. And obviously, you know, those guys have a big old impact, especially Mochi's a big old goofball. And people people see Scout and they're like, oh, he's just, some, you know, kind of big, intimidating guy. He's a goofball too. Like, don't don't let him don't let him fool you. Yeah, <laughs> but absolutely. how how was that? How was linking up with those guys? And did you guys serve together? How, what was the experience? Yeah. So most of us come. We all served at the same base. We all served at uh, Joint Base Lewis McCord. Uh, me and Mochi have been friends for almost a decade now. I want to say. Um, and then you know everybody just you know we networked around with each other once everybody came back to Miami. Um, so I've known them for five, six years now. And so the event was actually really good. Um, you know, this is our first event. So, you know, yeah. we're just getting, uh, we're just getting onto our stride and it was a great community building event. We got some families out there. We got a couple people out there. It was a lot of fun. It was a beautiful day, nice and warm in the sun. We had music, we had lots of food, lots of mm. pastelitos. We had the, uh, the military issued rippets out there for, Everybody that served Europe, you probably remember those, um, the energy drinks. Um, it was it was a really good time. I'm really happy with how it how it panned out. I love that. I love when a plan comes together and you can look back and be like, you know, that was a good time. It didn't have to be perfect, but it was a good time. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. So I, I love that. Yeah, I saw some pictures. You guys were on the beach, hanging out, just soaking up the sun. You know, and uh, that was just really heartwarming to see because. Here's the kind of the the sad story that you often hear with military guys, vets, you know, guys who they go overseas, they come back and they had something that's really hard to duplicate where you literally have guys, maybe, you know, however many guys in a squad or, or their larger unit and they literally are fighting for their lives together or going through a very unique experience that most guys they don't really have what, you know, living in such close proximity, if you're in the barracks, if you, especially if you're you know deployed and then you come back and life is kind of different. Like nobody understands your experience. You can't even really talk about it because then, you know, for a lot of guys, they don't want people to feel sorry for them if something crazy happened or they don't want to put the stress of what they went through on their loved ones. And, you know, forgive me for oversimplifying it, but to be able to say like, hey, we're going to get, get get a group of guys together. Some of us served, maybe some of us didn't in, in the same units even or on the same base. And let's hang out and kind of be in an environment where we can all understand each other. We all have that that shared history, per se. That's exactly. a beautiful thing. Thanks That's for doing exactly. that, John. Um, yeah. So like in most military towns, there's a massive military community. You look at Seattle, there's a big military community, North Carolina, there's all, California, Wherever there's a big military base, there's always a solid military community. Um, unfortunately, down here in South Florida, there's a high military veteran population, but there's no community building. Like, there's no community. There's no one's like, mm. oh, hey, you know, what's what's available to us? It's very ragtag, I guess you could say. There's there's the, the veteran student organizations with the colleges. There's the VSO, which is like the Vietnam era guys. But for us, Global War on Terror guys, it's... You know, we're kind of like you get out of the military and you go about your life and there's really, you know, you have your friends from your squad, but 
if you go back home or if you go to a new area, you know, what's, what's there to, what's the community like? What's the people that have those shared experiences you were mentioning about? Like, who can I relate with? And that's, that's really hard to find, especially down here in Miami. So that's one of the things that we're trying to do is build that community from nothing. Um, so it's a step in the right direction. It's going to be a long way, but you know, we're, we're here to make the change. There you go. So I know, you know, we talked about, you know, larger orgs, we, we named some and some of the pitfalls with them. And in, in a way you got, you've kind of pointed out some of the ways that you can be a little bit more effective, um, not, not to bash or maybe, maybe they need a good bashing. Everyone needs a little bashing every once in a while, but in, and can we get into a little bit more detail on like, Hey, I guess your plan to make sure that you stay on mission. So our plan right now, we, I'm not taking a paycheck. I'm putting as much money as I can into this. Uh, I don't want to take a paycheck from this. I want to help our people. You know, when, like I was saying, when guys get out of the military, the military tosses them aside. There's nobody here. Here, they got the VA. It's miserable. It's terrible. If you go to the VA here in Miami-Dade, Broward County, you're looking at a three-month wait time. Who knows what kind of uh, ailments you have. If you have like a, a broken wrist or something, it's, it's not feasible. So we're trying to build that community to support ourselves. Um, so like we've networked with a, uh, a medical facility overseas and we're trying to send people over there in order to get medical treatment at low to no cost for veterans, which is significantly more higher quality than you, something you, you would see in the VA. And it's more instant than what you can get here. Um, additionally, we're trying to, you know, have those community building events where we just bring each other together, where you have that, the family bond that you had in the military. You'll have those guys to your left and to your right to help keep you accountable and to keep yourself on perspective, on mission and in the right direction. Because one thing that I've noticed coming out of the military is people, when you're in the military, you know exactly what you're doing every single day of the week. You wake up, you go to the, you go to the, uh, the, the office, you do your PT, you get breakfast, you come back, you have your task for the day, you go to lunch, you have your other task, dinner, you hang out with friends, go to sleep, start all over again. When you're deployed, very similar. When you get out, there's nothing. You're free. You have no rigidity, no structure or anything like that. So people, when they get out, they lose their purpose. And what I've seen personally firsthand, I've had a lot of friends that have uh, committed suicide because they've lost that purpose. They've lost who they were when they were in the military. And so seeing people take their lives because you know they don't have a goal or a destination or you know a pathway to follow and they just start circling the drain it's it's heartbreaking and that's one of the reasons why i started you know miami veterans association is to do what i can for my community here in miami here for our veterans that's you know that's what helps keeps me on on station okay so in uh in pop culture based on a, a popular movie called uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, comic movies. 
Yeah. And so this was the most recent one. And there is a, basically they're playing with the concept of like the multiverse and um, every Spider-Man across the multiverse, they have like these canon events, things that have to happen to them in their lives that will lead them into like their next phase of, of being Spider-Man. It has to happen or just their life doesn't put them on that path for you. Was there a canon event that occurred? It could be something good. It could be something that maybe is hard to share that had you reflect and saying, you know what? We're, we're not doing enough. It's time. So there's always the, the horror stories with the VA. Like I, like I was mentioning before, there's been people that have been trying to get psychiatric med help at the VA. They keep getting tossed around from doctor to doctor to doctor, but not getting the medical care that they need. And they end up going to the parking lot and they end up taking their own lives. Um, um. I've lost, I think, 15 people to suicide, which is, it's one too many. One is too many. Wow. But it's like, I've, I've lost more friends to suicide than I have to uh, killed in action. You know, I've been to the Afghanistan twice and we brought everybody back, but not everybody came back from Afghanistan mentally and emotionally. And so yeah. that break in service, we had uh, one of my friends, one of the guys I served with, he enlisted into the military at 17 years old. He, all he wanted to do was deploy. All he wanted to go was do, do, do the infantry thing, go overseas, deploy, you know, who are that, that stereotypical military thing. He wanted that. And he ended up not getting the opportunity to deploy. He was stuck into the garrison lifestyle, ended up not enjoying the military and he got out. So from the time he was 17 for his four year contract, so he was 21 or whatever, he never got deployed, but he was in that rigid structure. As soon as he got out, he had complete freedom and he didn't know what to do with himself. He didn't know how yeah. to survive in the open world, in the free world. And so he ended up taking his own life because yeah. he had lost his purpose. You know? Wow, and, that, that is really hard to hear, especially considering most of the stories that you kind of pick up are like, oh yeah, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, just the horror stories and, you know, the things that they had to do kind of led them down this path. It, that wasn't even what happened. It's he had that structure, that brotherhood, that system. And once he left the system, it was just too much. Exactly. He was left wow. to his own devices. He wasn't able to uh, fully integrate back into society. Because like we've been saying, is when you're in the military, you have that camaraderie. You have, you know, you're living with your brothers and your sisters 24 hours a day. If you ever need anything, you go to your your friend's door, you knock on the door, hey, I need help with A, B, and C, okay, X, Y, and Z, and you get a solution, you can move forward. Or if you need somebody to talk to, there's always somebody there for you. But once you get out, it's gone. So when, here, like seeing all my friends from the military uh, end up taking their own lives, that was, that was a real uh, yeah. turning point for me. That was a, like, you know, the 
the government's not doing anything for us. The VA is not doing anything for us. You have all these, all these uh, other national organizations, like we mentioned, you know, that do deserve a, they do deserve their commendation. They've done some good. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. But you're not able to help people on an individual level when you're looking at the entire nation of 300 million people or yeah. however, you know, so how could you, how could you? Yeah. Exactly. So by starting up Miami Veterans Association, we're able to curate to the individual's needs a lot more. And if I have to spend, I don't even know how much, and I can only help one vet, then mission accomplished because I'm, I'm tired of burying my friends. Yeah. And, um, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that story. I know it can't be easy to talk about what happened, but I think it's, I think it's necessary. Um, we have uh, one of the comments, I guess a few of us, uh, a few of the members did jump into the live stream to, to hear you out. And, um, there was a comment that the number of suicides has fallen in recent years, but years and years long average was 22 veterans a day. Veterans are still the demographic with the highest ratio of suicides per capita. And that is not comforting. Like at all. It's not meant to be. Um, but clearly there's a problem. And I'm going to recommend that anyone who has a heart for veterans, has a heart for guys who go across the seas, go overseas to serve or even stay locally, you know, because it's guys who never have to leave the States. Um, but like you said, they need the support. The system isn't designed to support them in the way that you guys are afterwards. And, you know, it's, it's so interesting because we, we in America, the States, we kind of have this idea of like, yeah, the government doesn't need to do all these things for you. Uh, leave it to like the local churches, leave it to, you know, free market commerce. Well, well, guess what? Our guy, John, right here, he's he's doing what we're asking him to do. He's you know going out of his way, spending his own money. I don't even want to know how much you've spent. Uh, I, <laughs> like, I don't I don't want to know. It's got to be way too much just to be a light in a world that is kind of dark, you know, like, um, I, I have some friends in the military and I've, I've not been the biggest like military buff or stand or anything like that. I didn't serve my, my brothers and sisters did. I had flat feet and asthma. S sorry. <laughs> you know, I, I could have served, you know, that guy, right? <laughs> that guy, right? But, um, oh, and a torn ACL. They didn't want me. So that said, John is out here doing the work. And I think if we can find a way to throw him five bucks just so he can buy a cup of coffee to drive to the next vet's house so he can be a support system or, you know, pay for, you know, a, a, a gallon of guy's gas or wh whatever it is that you guys are doing, you know, buy a pack of hot dogs for the next cookout. Why the freak not? You know, like, come on, let's, let's, let's help out a little bit. Obviously we have more story to tell. Like we've only been talking for 20 minutes and I'm, I'm all, I'm already like, yo, let's get it. Let, all in, let's go. Um, yeah, one of uh, one of my biggest uh, projects right now is we have this. Like I was mentioning before, we uh, we now work with this medical medical facility overseas, and uh, I'm trying to get as many people to go out there as possible because it's primary care, it's physical therapy, 
It's PTS therapy. They do so much and they do disability ratings, disability increases, which increases the standard of living for almost every single veteran that we can send out there. Whether it's just a getaway, a nice little vacation to, you know, now that you're getting your disability increased, you now have that higher standard of living. So that way, you know, it's easier to pay bills. It's e- it takes a little bit of stress off your shoulders, which, you know, the economy is not good right now. And I, you know, any little bit helps. So when we have a program available to get people out there to get, increase their quality of life, and we're covering all the costs. We're covering the flight, we're covering the pickup, we're tra- covering the transportation, lodging, food, everything's taken care of. There's absolutely no cost to wow. the veteran themselves. It's it's to the point where I'm like, guys, let's get up, let's get, let's get you out of here. Let's get you over there to where I'm actually paying for our guys' passports out of pocket so that way we can facilitate that improvement. You know, like this is this is a very passionate project I have. So I'm, I'm yeah. really looking forward to, you know, the coming days, weeks, years. I, you know, it's, it's our second year of actual operation. You know, this is our first event that we just did back on Veterans Day. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see where we're at next year. You know, yeah. how, many, how many people can we help? How many people can we, you know, push to the next level, whether it's finding a new job, whether it's, you know, getting that, that next that next step i'm i'm super excited now this, this probably is not the best question to ask but for me as somebody who runs you know the podcast and the media company that powers the podcast that runs my gun youtube channel social media is all the little stuff um i always have these ideas that come to mind it's just like oh we need to do this and we could definitely do that and what if we did this or you know coming to mind we we're trying to do this um is suicide prevention organization for gun owners and by the time this comes out hopefully we'll have announced that we're trying to kick up a fundraiser for them and my i guess the question for you is what are some of those things that have you've kicked around in your mind that you haven't really been able to talk about it yet just because it's not quite there but these are some ideas that you've had some things that you would love to do if we only had a few thousand more dollars just to kind of like make it happen what are some things that you just like oh we could just we could totally do that uh one of the things i definitely wanted to do um we've been applying for grants to help facilitate to help fund these projects but one of the big things i wanted to do was uh cancer screenings Mm. is uh there's actually a blood cancer screening that you can go to these go to the vets you can take their blood send it off to the lab, and they'll be able to screen the vet for any cancers in the body. Hunter 7 Foundation does a ton of work in this, and they've actually really inspired me to get to work on that. But the, the tests, they're, like, they're pretty expensive, and yeah. trying to get enough tests together and enough people to do the, the tests on, that's the hard part. So we're trying, we're trying to work on that. That's the, you know, a little project that I'm really looking forward to, you know, getting that started up. Um, but if we can test these guys and get them like, okay, you're negative on cancer, you're negative on cancer. Oh, hey, you have, you know, possible cancers growing in your body. Let's get it taken care of now before it becomes a problem, you know, a year, two years, three years down the line. So that way you can have a long, healthy life. You know, we want to yeah. take care of 
before it becomes a problem. And that was one of the bills that actually went through uh, Congress and the Senate and was eventually signed into law is the, uh, the burn pit bill. It was very similar, but it just I heard threw, about that. Yeah. It just threw cash at the problem after the fact, like, Oh, Hey, you have stage four cancer, you're terminal. Here's a couple thousand dollars. And it didn't really pan out. It's not panning out in, you know, in reality, people are trying to go get their, um, uh, their disability increase based on the burn pit exposures, but a lot of people are getting denied. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was good intentions, poor follow through with, you know, the government, but you know, what, what can you expect from the government? Uh, that's their job. You know? <laughs> they're, they're almost like, like insurance providers where, you know, they said, send us your money. We'll take care of it. You know, we'll throw money at the problem. You just have to pay a little bit. Yeah. Well, actually, you got to pay a lot. And actually, we're going to deny your claim. And uh, and it's like, whoa, like, I thought I thought we were good. Yeah. I thought we were good. You know, and I, I can't. It hurts me to think of all the guys because I've, I've been in situations where it's like, man, if it, when we finally hit this point, you know, when November comes around and this bill is finally, you know, taken care of, we finally have that debt paid off. We're just going to be good and we can finally get back to our goals. You know, that that feeling of hope. You know, they finally passed it. Oh, thank God. And you're hugging your family or your friends, or maybe you don't have a lot of that and you're by yourself and you're just like, finally, I can. And then you get there and they're just like, well, actually, no, you denied. Like, yeah. how devastating. You know, I almost feel like freaking uh, Greta Thunberg. You know, <laughs> how dare like, you? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, get, you get what I'm saying. It's, 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 it's heartbreaking, it's disgusting. And it's, it's hard because the military budget goes up every single year. Like it's, it's freaking incredible. We're spending a lot of money (laughs) for But the the question is always, and I'm sure you've, you've had questions about this yourself, the pentagram, uh, pentagram, something like that, right? The the (laughs) Pentagon can't figure out where the money's going. And I'm like, okay, are you guys building secret alien spacecrafts? Can you at least like have a division for that and just tell us that's what you're doing? Um, they can, they can do all these things, but they can't, a a big thing that they were complaining about when I say complaining, it was a big concern for military families was some of the, um, military vehicles that were transporting troops were in bad shape. And they were like, okay, we're going to finally throw money at that problem to get them fixed. Cause we've had so many guys die from vehicles that we're putting you on you know, as we're leasing your body for a few years and you're probably going to die because this thing sucks. And then, and then for the guys who have gotten out, who survived that craft, then that now we're like, Oh, by the way, I know we told you to go, you know, get involved with the burn pits and whatnot, or to do this or to get exposed to these chemicals or, you know, God forbid we talk about lead exposure, you know, things like that. (laughs) Yeah. Or, Oh, you have tinnitus. Literally every person who's ever been in the military ever. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, how do we know that was, you know, based on your service? Get out of town, bro. <laughs> like, uh, it's, what? Uh, I, I personally like to congratulate the uh, the DOD on failing their sixth consecutive audit. I think they can't find, what is it, $3 trillion worth of assets. Uh, something, something to that effect. It's definitely more than a million hundred million dollars worth of assets. They have no idea where it's at. That's um, so con- congratulations, DOD, on failing successfully. 
Um, yeah, We're going it, for the record, <laughs> the the government has shown time and time again that we can't rely on the government. You know? Yeah, that when disaster strikes, it's just us. It's just you, your family, your community, your neighborhood, your city, your county. It is up to the individuals and the small groups that friendship and that you form. Um, again, that's another thing that I would eventually like to get into with Miami Veterans Association is disaster relief. Mm -hmm. We're down here in Miami, Florida. We are hurricane capital of the world. Yep. A little um, bit of rain and it floods. Um, so one thing that I definitely further way down the line would love to get into is like disaster recovery, whether it's, you know, search and rescue, whether it's, you know, helping people get out of those disaster zones or something like that, whether it's getting water to where it needs to be, that's something I would like to do because I mean, look at hurricane Katrina. There's still parts of, you know, that area that are still completely devastated that have never recovered. Yeah. You know? you know, it's, 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 it's hard. Once things, once things are broken, it's hard to get them fixed, but the human spirit is undefeated. And if we can rally the people together, and help them to understand, to cast a vision, to have strong leaders, guys who are willing to do what must be done, willing to sacrifice, guys like yourself who are willing to put their own money on the line, you know, money where your mouth is type stuff. You know, unfortunately, um, part of me putting my money where my mouth is is bringing guys like you on the show and I can literally, you know, just talk and we can have this conversation and let you share. And I really hope, I really hope that it inspires some people to figure out a way to help you. Rich is really quick. Really quickly, do you are you guys set up to take donations yet? Are you five hundred one c three or do you guys just cash app? Like how how do you guys do that? We are five hundred one c three. We have a website miamivets.org. If you go to the mm -hmm. website right now, you can go to the bottom where it says donate now. You can mm -hmm. donate now. Anything from a dollar, five dollars to however much your heart desires. Nice. Dot org. I'm gonna see if I can't bring it up on the screen. Um. Because I just learned about this new feature where I can literally take a website and just tell me if this is your site. Hold on, let me. Ah, I thought I had it. Yeah. Here it is. Let's see if it loads. Nah, that's not it. Ah, struggling. That's not it. Never mind. <laughs> we'll, we'll try that again later. Yeah, no worries. Um, it's MiamiVets.org. Um, I'm not. I'm not very social media savvy. I'm not very tech savvy. Um, but it gets the job done. You know, we have an Instagram, MiamiVet, Miami.Vets, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, let me just confirm that real quick before I start. Send you guys to the wrong place. All right. Yeah, it's going to be Miami.vets for Instagram. Um, that's where we post a little bit more up-to-date information. That's where we're most active right now. But like I said, I'm not I'm not social media savvy. So that's definitely going to – I'm going to need some help with that later down the road once we start getting, you know, more solidified, more settled. Yeah, well, that's, I suppose that's a question for those who might be able to help is, do you 
know social media, are you, are you willing to maybe help you moderate or maybe be a, you know, social media manager? I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you want uh, other people's involvement in some of the more intimate details. Like, so a lot, a lot of business owners run their own social media and then others have a team that can handle that. Maybe, maybe someone out there is a social media strategist and they'd like to volunteer, you know, an hour uh, a week or an hour every other week to kind of make sure that you know exactly what to do to, to survive in the social media landscape and to really help yourself to, um, how do you say, be out there so that other vets can kind of see you and be involved and, and people who also, in the church we call it the, uh, the senders, the people who will finance a mission trip per se. Um, right. and for the, for, so the senders can, can get eyes on what you're doing. Cause honestly, it's, it's crazy and it's kind of annoying. If you don't exist on social media, you don't exist. Isn't that nuts? <laughs> yeah. It's like most of the population, they spend their time between Instagram, uh, what formerly used to be Twitter, now X and YouTube, you know, it's like, that's all they're, that's all they revolve around for most people. But yeah, uh, I'm definitely not opposed to any help. Uh, we have a contact box at the bottom of the uh, website. We also have our DMs that are open. Uh, shoot me a DM, shoot me a message, and I would definitely, I'm open to all the help I can get. Because this, okay. is, this is this is my brainchild, this is my idea, but this is our community that we're helping. Yep, that's it. Okay, so I was able to, I, I made an oopsie earlier. Somehow I pulled up YouTube. But um, this one is the website for those who can see. Miami Veterans Association. It's a very professional looking website, by the way. Thank like, you. Yeah, this is this is good stuff. I like it. Um, how can I help? How can I get help? See, it's all right there. How can I help? I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and look at it right now. What, did I type the right thing? And then one can go through the contact form. And yeah, I like this. This is good stuff. It talks about your mission and... There's a donate now page. Yeah, this is great. You can donate via PayPal. I love PayPal, even though PayPal has a lot of problems. Um, just because it's so easy. Like, it's super yeah, simple. You got your cards in there. Right I just there. feel extra protected. Um, they, they got Stripe. They got PayPal. They, they oh, man. It's in, in reoccurring subscription. I'm going to just say this out loud for those who need to hear it. Um, if you commit to donate, whether it's like five bucks or 10 bucks, whatever it is, do it monthly. I just reoccurring, do it, do it for at least one year. And if you get tired of the organization, pause it, you know, if you think they're not doing enough, go ahead and pause it after a year, but give them one year. Why? Because even just as a podcaster, you know, guy who's on social media, whatever, you know, one time support is great. But to know like, okay, we have a certain amount coming in, we can budget, we can kind of be prepared. Um, and you can even start projecting for next year. And sometimes there's even this issue that comes up with, um, I, I guess, uh, proof of concept. And there's like a certain bias that people that occurs where if you're not actually out there doing work and throwing money around and kind of doing a thing, people won't always believe in what you're doing. They'd be like, oh, well, does anybody else believe in what you're doing? Uh, is anybody else donating? Have you raised any funds? And if you haven't, sometimes people are like, well, I'm going to throw my money at an organization that's been able to raise money. So do you, let's, let's get involved. 
commit 10 bucks monthly, 20 bucks monthly. If that's too much, you know, five bucks. Is there a minimum? Do you guys have a minimum? Uh, I think the minimum is $5. Um, to double check on that, but you know, absolutely. Um, hold me accountable. Like if, if you're, if you're donating and if you're actually like saying, Hey, you want to help the, help the cause and you're seeing me not live up to that standard, check me, like Mm -hmm. hold me accountable because like, like I said, this is, yes, my brainchild, but this is for our community. This is for our people. This is for our vets. You know, it's not just a, I'm not looking to make any money off this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and here's, here's the thing. Like I personally don't have an issue uh, with somebody who is putting their, their heart and soul into an organization. And I know you do work a full-time job at the, at this time. Um, God knows if you're not working one or two these days, like it's, it's a problem. <laughs> Sometimes we get, we got guys out here working three jobs and still barely making it. So like, I get it. And you're putting all your cash into this to make sure that people can get the help that they need. Um, man, I personally don't have a problem with somebody who's running a nonprofit, taking a reasonable salary to make sure that they can survive. Cause if you, if you're not able to, to live and be okay, like, what do you, you're not going to be any good to us. So hopefully we can get you get to that point where the, Oh my gosh, my alarm's going off. What's wrong with me? Um, where we can get to a point where the, the money that's coming in, it, it just makes sense that we're, we're able to accomplish the goals and make sure that you can commit more time to it. Cause your time is your greatest currency when it went with these things. So like, I know you talked, talked about like not taking money. That's not an issue for me. Maybe it's an issue for other people. Um, I just want to make sure that, uh, before we get to that point, we're able to accomplish some of the goals that um, you set out to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. absolutely. It's, it's like the uh, that old saying when you get on the plane, oh, always make sure that you apply your own mask before you assist those next to you. Because mm-hmm. if you're toxic and you're not able to help anybody, you know, if you can't breathe, you can't think, you can't help anybody around you. So you have to make sure you're good to go first before you can you know, help everybody else. So absolutely. I completely understand. Um, so yeah. Um, so my, my question, I guess for you is you're out here and this, this, hopefully you can answer this question. Honestly, you're out here busting your butt, trying to help other people. Who's helping John? Uh, I have a, I have a network of friends that I always talk to. I'm actually very, uh, open about any issues I have. I have a good, you know, Hey, I have an issue. I have people I can talk to. I know that I feel confident in sharing my vulnerabilities with them and I'm not going to be judged for it. Yeah. I've also been at the lowest point of my life already. So I know that it's not possible to get back to that point. I know the, the left and right limits and I know how to avoid them. So, yeah. you know, that just comes with uh, experience, I guess. That's good. Thank you for answering that because, you know, reality is a lot of us, we do this, we, we throw ourselves into our work almost as a, as a therapy in a way, not in a negative sense, but it can be negative to cope with what we're going through. And I would hate to hear that. And even if, even if I hate it, at least you, you know, be honest. And it sounds like you, this isn't the only thing that you do um, to hear that. John is tearing himself up, pouring himself into these vets, pouring himself into his, his brother's uh, 
but he doesn't have what he needs to to be okay for himself. That would that would be a shame. So I'm glad you have that, and I hope you continue to have that, and I hope that we can rally around you. And what even if it's not like financially, but to send you those positive messages to you know shoot you an email and be like, hey John, we see what you're doing. You know, we love what you're doing. Please keep it up. You know, when you get that social media profile that people, even if they're not like big, like military guys, you know, but they, they would at least show you the love and support that is required to be fruitful in this kind of thing. And uh, I just hope that's the case. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. Having a good support system is key for everybody, whether it's, you know, just that one friend that you can always go to that'll never judge you or whether it's, you know, everyone, everyone needs that coping mechanism. Like you said, a lot of people get caught up in the job because that's our therapy, especially us men that, you know, we Mm -hmm. have a tendency to, you know, bury our emotions away and, you know, push them down and just focus, focus on the job at hand. And then those emotions start eating us up. And then, so having that proper outlet and being able to say, I'm not okay. And Mm -hmm. having that person to talk to that is absolutely important. Yeah, that absolutely. You said it so well. Um, We see it so often with like the gym bros, right? They'd be like, yeah, this girl broke my heart and now she created a monster and this guy comes out like totally shredded. Like bro is, bro is totally on steroids. You know, no shame. You know, do what you want hey, to do. You everybody know? has their own, uh, everyone has their own vice. Right. And it's oh. like, you know, I I think this plus a little bit of, uh, you know, time with the bros, maybe, maybe, maybe we could talk about it. Like, you want to talk about it, bro? So <laughs> definitely... Um, you're absolutely right. We like like what we talked about. We can throw ourselves into a thing, and that become our therapy. And it's really just covering up the root. You know, it's treating some of the symptoms. And I would love to hear. Maybe maybe you're not able to share, but are there are, are there any instances that you can share of times where you guys were able to create community for a guy and help him to kind of get through something? Obviously, I don't want you to put anybody's business out there. But if there's a way we can talk about that, I would love to. Yeah, absolutely. We had a we had one vet that came to us through the the contact us page. He found us on Google, and he wrote me a quick little, "Hey, I'm a military veteran and I need help." And he added his phone number and all that stuff. I got the email directed to my phone, and within 20 minutes, I sent him a text message saying, "Hey, you know, this is me. I'm John. How can I help you?" And he was he was a little thrown off because he wasn't. A, as I understand it, he wasn't expecting uh, someone to reach out, especially that fast. But, you know, I'm, I'm getting all these messages directed to my phone. So um, and he, he explained to me his problem, like, you know, he's a stay at home dad, single dad. His kid's starting to go to school and he's got all these issues that he's building up and he's not able to make enough money for rent and all that stuff. And I'm like, OK, so how can we help you? What's what is a good, you know, a good template that we can set out in order to one increase your standard of living how can we get you a vehicle how can we you know get you into a place that is pushing you in the right direction because again we don't want to we don't want to give people cash we don't want to give people when people get just raw cash it tends to just exasperate a bad situation you know mm-hmm. if you are walking down the street and a random homeless guy is begging you for cash 
is he really going to use that cash for food or is he going to more likely use that for drugs or something like that? So we don't, we don't want to just throw cash at a situation. So Mm -hmm. for this individual vet, we, okay, how can we help you? All right, well, let's get you out to our medical facility. Let's get you out there, get you taken care of. So that way you at least have a little bit more, you know, financial income. So you don't have to worry about bills as much. Now let's try and find you a vehicle that's not going to break the bank, but it's not going to break down every 500 miles. Something that can get to and from work, to and from school to drop off your son. How? And so we were able to, you know, he was super excited. He was really happy about it. And we started putting that through. So uh, that's one success story I'm really proud of. And you guys, you know, through the power of, you know, (laughs) I must say through the power of friendship, but through the, you know, camaraderie, you know, the will. And, you know, I believe, you know, God called you to this. And I I don't know your personal stance on, you know, faith, but, you know, I believe that God put you here to do just this. Change this man's life. Like, it could have gone very differently. And you've seen it go very differently too many times. Yeah. But you change this man's life. And, you know, I can only say, like, kudos to you and you know the guys and all the people who have you know even even throwing you a kind word to help you and you know the people who are involved to keep going you know because it that is awesome that is awesome that you're able to at least put this man on the right path like you said you can't just give everybody money and you know hope the problem goes away because it's it, it's not you know we we can make decisions that maybe feel like a good choice right now but in the grand scheme of things, it's just going to kind of throw us um, for a loop and just it, it's not going to be a positive. But to to put him in touch with the resources that he actually needs to kind of you know, get him on the right path, like that's that's awesome. Thank exactly. you for sharing that. Like, like you said, you need to treat the cause of the mm-hmm. issue, not the symptoms. The symptoms are, you know, secondary effects of the actual mm-hmm. cause. You fix the cause the symptoms go away as well. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really great. So, you know, we've talked about so many different things. Was there anything that you are really excited to share? I know we, we just talked about some of the things that you're going to work on. We talked about the, um, the event that you guys just had, obviously I know you guys want to do it again. Do you guys have any other events coming up or what, or maybe some things that you'd like to do events wise, but maybe you're not quite sure about? Uh, I would like to get like a, a group together where we do like once monthly, you know, a ruck march or just a walk or somewhere where we all get together. It's a little physical exercise where, you know, we're getting out there into the world, into nature, into the community. We're walking, you know, building that camaraderie. We're joking, we're laughing, having fun. And then we go get some food afterwards. Um, I would definitely like to try that. Um, There's like, this is Miami. This is, we have the number one best therapy source in the entire world at our disposal, the ocean. And that's, that's something I definitely want to incorporate into Miami Veterans Association. Like for millennia, human beings have always gravitated towards the ocean. And it's just got that calming effect for a lot of people. Mm. Obviously, some people are terrified of the ocean, uh, but yeah, we definitely want to start getting people into the water. 
We want to start getting people into dive school. We want to get people into free diving school, fishing. We want to get people onto the water, whether it's, you know, jet skis, boats or whatever. We want to get people into the water. So that's definitely something I would also like to do. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, let's, you know, get our guys some help. Mm-hmm. Man. So we, we talked about some of the things that you, you would like to do, such as like, hey, let's get, let's. Get, get, help the guys get out there, experience the elements. A little camaraderie goes a long way. Get some food, breaking bread. There's nothing quite like breaking bread, exactly. even if it's bad. Even if the bread is bad, we can at least talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing like pulling up to a spot and it's like, this food is terrible. And everybody's just like, yes, it's terrible. But at you least know what? Food may be yeah. terrible, but there's something all to talk about, some, something yeah. for us to complain about. Yeah together whether it's complaining about how terrible the food is how terrible the weather is oh what's going on on the news whether Mm. as long as you're together with friends and you're building that community that is you know everybody's best i tell you i tell you what real short story i don't want to make this about me i went to atlanta for a convention and went to a wendy's I was just feeling like getting some nuggets, you know, sue me. Right. And I went to a Wendy's and the service was so bad. The girl looked at me like I had done something to her. And I was like, yeah, what's up? I mean, it was Atlanta, I guess, you know, whatever they can do better. Um, and you know, I mean, the food was crap. The service was horrendous. And I was driving away at my camera guy, cameraman Nate, he's not here tonight, but hopefully he sees us. You know, he, he, we still talk about it to this day. And I I, I kind of like suppress the memory because it's just so traumatic. <laughs> but he's like, bro, if that was me, I would have said this, this, and this. And for some reason, just him being there with me turned what, what would have been like a just a dog crap experience into something that's kind of funny. And we can, we can laugh about it and we just kind of reminisce. And that was a memory that we made together. Um, so... I love, I love that thought that we, you know, we just shared. And I hope that you guys can have plenty of those moments going forward. Just hopefully it's like, not just like bad service. Hopefully you can, you can talk about like, oh, man, that was the best service we've ever had in our lives. Yeah, nothing you like ever Miami, I'm going to show you some good food spots that are going to. Man, I've not been to Miami in a minute. And I'm actually, I'm hoping that we can get some questions in the live stream. I'm not sure if they're going to come through in time, but, um, you said you, you have some good food spots in Miami. What, 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 what are you uh, What are you getting in Miami? Man, especially before COVID, you could get anything at any hour of the day, twenty four seven. You could get whatever you want. But I'm I'm half Cuban, so I obviously oh, really? have towards you know Latino food. Um, I live in Hialeah, which is you know it's basically Cuba, but in the United States. So the North Cuba, the Cuban food down here is on point. Um, there's also some very Miami, uh, burger spots all over the place. You, you gotta come down here and well, I'll, I'll make, I'll make sure you get some, uh, top tier food. I appreciate that. So help, help me to understand why do people say that Miami is not Florida? So Florida, when you're. Driving north to south from Georgia down into Florida, you know, you get that Jacksonville area, you get Tallahassee, that's still like the United States, you know, it's very 
traditional Americana. Um, mm-hmm. Once you get, especially if you're on 95 and you're driving south, once you get down past Jupiter, that's when you start getting to like, okay, there's something, the driving's slowly getting worse. People are starting to not use their turn signals. You know, the radio stations are saying funny words that I don't understand. Um, and then just the entire culture down here in Miami, the culture mm-hmm. is indescribable. It's not like you go so far south that you're back in the north again. There's a lot of, you know, New York immigrants that have fled New York City. They come down here to get away from all that cold and misery. And now they have mm-hmm. the sun. So there's a, there's a solid New York uh, influence down here, big cities. And then additionally, we are the capital of Latin America. You know, we have all the immigrants from Cuba. We have all the immigrants from Colombia, from Venezuela, from Brazil, mm-hmm. Haiti, uh, Jamaica. We have we have everything. So you can go to a different pocket of Miami, and you can like the number one language is going to be Spanish, or it could be Creole, or it could be you know patois or something it's i don't know of any other city in the united states that's like miami i love how you just said patois because where i grew up that was a thing but most people would not have any idea what i'm talking about if i were (laughs) to even just say that word which is like um it's like a french hybrid for those who are you know questioning what, what 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 the devil are we talking about um yeah, that's what it is. So that's no, but uh, that's that's crazy that you say that. Somebody, I knew a girl who lived in Miami, and she would be like, "Yeah, this is uh, North Cuba," and she was also half Cuban. Which, looking at you, I guess the the white Cubans is kind of hard to tell, right? Yeah. So, but then you, you uh, early in the conversation, you said something, and the accent hit super heavy, and I was just like, "Is he like married to a Cuban lady or something?" Because <laughs> his his accent is just like on point it's crazy yeah depending on uh who i'm talking to the the accent will definitely come out depending on right it, it, it just it's code switching on me I yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not intentional it's just it just happens all right man it's that's awesome I, I love it um we actually had a question come up from uh one of the audience members who was able to join us live we thank you for the question uh, and I'm just reading it off the screen of the resources that you are currently lack most. What, uh, what could you use most from local businesses and industry? How are you getting information about your work to them? I'm sorry. So I think the biggest thing that we need right now from the local community would probably be more mechanics because mm-hmm. right now just getting people into a vehicle whether it's a used one or not and getting that vehicle running um that is a serious quality of life issue that we would like to get under our belt you know mm-hmm. we have the we have the medical facility locked down we have that aspect that angle covered but i definitely want to start getting uh mechanics um i want to build that uh that network up a little bit mm-hmm. cars you know. Yeah. So I, I guess if we can't uh, reach out to some mechanics and in, in what way would you say, cause obviously you, you've known a few, but in what way, just based on the question, are you putting out the word that you are doing things and maybe 
you know, if we could get a little bit of, I, I don't know if you're looking for like better deals on, you know, for the vets or um, if you're really just looking for people who can be reliable and steady to help out or, you know, what, what exactly that you're looking for, but how are you getting word to them that you are doing this work? Uh, right now it's mostly networking. So we're trying to, you know, go to these places that are first veteran friendly. Not everybody is veteran friendly. There's a lot of people left over from the Vietnam era that have a very bad taste of veterans in their mouth. Uh, so we want to make sure that they're not going to, there's no question of them sabotaging our vehicle. So networking is the biggest thing, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, I've done business with this person. He's good. He's going to take care of your car and it's going to be good quality work. Um, that's, that's probably the biggest one is just networking and, you know, making those in-person connections. Yeah, that's huge. Um, we actually have a question. Hopefully we can get this thing to play from, uh, darn it. Where is it? Here we go. Let me just go ahead and download it again. Yeah, we, we had a question that just popped up. I think you might know who this is. So question from Scout or Armando. Um, he's been a friend of the show for a long time. He's been on the podcast in the past and uh, has supported what we do tremendously. And I think he supports you. Tell me if I'm wrong. Hold on. Let me go. Ahead. Yeah. He was at our events. Uh, we're definitely working with him. He's, he's a really good dude. Yeah. Scout is a, he, he's that guy. I'm going to go ahead and play his question and see if we can't get this thing to go. If there is anything that a civilian can do as in a civic duty to help aid uh, veterans in America right now, what is one suggestion you would have for them? What is the number one thing that a civilian could do in the United States that help veterans right now? Mm-hmm. That is a very broad question. That is... Yeah, it's super broad. I should yeah. have redefine it. Yeah. Right. Um, What's one thing that's been on your heart that you'd be like, yeah, I wish we could do this more? And that's a hard one. What can civilians do to help veterans? Yeah, Man, that's, that's a tough one. I mean, we can circle back, but yeah, yeah, no, let's uh, let's let's try and figure out a let's try and figure out a good answer. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that a civilian could do is listen, like, because hmm. there's a lot of information that vets bring from the military. There's a lot of lessons that vets bring from the military that, you know, civilians tend to take for granted. And for them to just listen and digest, you know, these firsthand experiences that we're we're experiencing, that the mistakes that we're missing, so that they don't, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes sense to me, Uh, especially considering, you know, we, I think it's sometimes easy to kind of dismiss a vet be like, ah, he's been through a lot and he, you know, he's, he's, he's part of that whole system. 
he's complaining about this or he's he's kind of bringing this uh especially when it comes to like political things you know like the oh beware and it's like okay old man you know go back go back but literally you guys have seen a lot of crazy stuff you know and kind of been involved in in especially guys who deployed to you know overseas encounters and experienced different cultures you've seen more than the average american bear right where a lot of even people who have just left the country one time um has seen more and to to listen and to process and to digest and to say like hey you know maybe you have something to say and, and maybe they maybe they just want to share maybe maybe they just want to share yeah so what one thing that i've definitely noticed as of recently mm-hmm. is you have a lot of people calling for war like oh let's go to war in oh this gosh, country yeah. or this country or this country and one lesson that I've taken away from the military is that I will never advocate for a conflict, getting involved yeah. in a conflict that I personally wouldn't fight in. Mm-hmm. If I if, I will never say, hey, you know, let's go fight this war over here in this Middle East country or this war over in uh, this European country. I'll never advocate for a side one way or the other because I personally wouldn't go fight for it because we have more important problems here at home. We have more important problems, you know? So all these people that I keep calling for war, okay, so sign up and go over there yourself. Yeah. If you feel so passionately to call for the death of the men and women fighting on either side, the civilians that get caught up in the crossfire, like if you want to get involved in that, hey, go. I mean, you're absolutely onto something there, especially, I mean, as of recording, there's been two major conflicts that, you know, the U.S. population has been uh, very aware of. Obviously, there's more across the globe that don't get any attention, but specifically the issue with uh, Russia and Ukraine um, and the countless civilians who have been injured. um, They say that the the level of or the amount of prosthetics being issued to wow, excuse me, to um, military service members is beyond anything that we've seen in modern era, which is not good. Like I don't I don't think I have to explain that. When people's limbs are getting blown off, that's a bad sign. It means you're losing pretty badly. And and of course, we have what's happening in Israel, Gaza, where it's like, oh, yeah, go in there and do this. And we have all the war hawks and, you know, people saying, like, we need to flatten this area. And that's like, whoa, do you know what that means? Have you yeah. have you ever seen a, a man die? like I didn't serve? I, I think I've been pretty clear about that. But the in the modern era of technology, I've seen so many people die in front of like on a screen. It's kind of it's kind of like a weird thing. Obviously, I'm sure it's a thousand and billion times worse seeing somebody you've had a conversation with five minutes ago die in front of you. Um, that's got to be wild. But I, something, maybe maybe it's the conversations I've had with guys like Scout and, and yourself that tells me like, hey, maybe we shouldn't advocate for more war. We, we've, done, we've done enough war. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a new story that came out from, uh, I don't remember what outlet it came out from, but it was stating that the average age of a Ukrainian soldier right now is 45. Mm-hmm. Think about that. 
the average. What does that mean? So how, how many are on the right of that significantly older to bring that average up and how many are on the left of that to bring that average down? And that's, that's indicative that you have an entire country that they're, you know, 20, 30 year old men are no longer bringing that average all the way down. They're gone. And then if you look at uh, conflicts in like Azerbaijan and Armenia, if you look at Myanmar and Burma, you have all these genocides going on. And it's like those conflicts aren't getting talked about because they're not in the, the purview of you know the American public. But all these conflicts are bad. And it's like a mm -hmm. lot of people are getting caught up in the crossfire. A lot of civilians are getting killed, you know, from this side and this side. It's significantly more than just uh, Ukraine and Gaza and Israel and all that stuff. But it's like, you still see these people that are, Oh, like you said, flatten them, like glass, all of Gaza. It's like, stop. What do you say? Get off modern warfare, get off call of duty, go into the real world. It's <laughs> the real world is significantly more brutal than the American populace is aware of. Oh my goodness. I've, I've seen, and I suppose like listener warning, I've seen so many images, videos of fathers carrying children who their head's been crushed, their torso is pretty much blasted in half, intestines are leaking out. I've seen, I, like I'm not even there, I've seen it. And I'm just like, well, we can't be asking for more. Like, there's no way we're asking for more. And I'm, I'm not trying to like pick a side or say like some sort of big statement, but I'm definitely saying that as soon as possible, like let's stop killing people. Like as Absolutely. soon as possible. Stop killing people. Why are, why are we so worried about a border dispute in Europe? Why are we so worried about a border dispute in the Middle East? Why are we worried about, you know, a civil war in Far East Asia? Mm -hmm. Like we have so many problems here at home. We absolutely that we do. First and foremost, imagine if we took half of that defense spending budget, which they can't even locate. Like we, like we mentioned earlier in this, they can't. Where is it? <laughs> exactly. Where is it? If I promise took, you, I didn't take any of it. Exactly. I, it's not in my wallet, not my bank account. Um, if we took all that money that went missing and we said, hey, you know what, DOD, you can allocate for all this lost missing equipment, all these funds. You know what? We're going to take that money out of your budget and we're going to put it towards domestic issues. Ideal. 100% okay with that. Whether it's getting homeless people taken care of, whether it's getting housing taken care of for low income families, whether it's getting our vets taken care of, obviously that's the thing I'm most passionate about, but there's so many more things like even the roads, like that's, that's what everybody's like catch line is. Oh, let's make sure our roads are taken care of. How, how many roads do you know that you're not, <laughs> that are all yeah. jacked up and mm -hmm. where's, where's that money going for the roads? It's going Absolutely. for You know, I, I'll say this, the, and th this this will if if you've not already heard about this, I don't know where you've been. Uh, and if you're listening and you just not heard about this, this will piss you off real good. 
um, the president of China, Xi Jinping, pulled up to San Francisco. And miraculously, the streets are clean. It doesn't smell like urine. The subways are spotless. There's no tent cities anywhere for him to see. The streets are lined with the Chinese flag, which is a little, it's a little weird until you realize it is California from yeah. California's out there. My parents lived there for years. They finally got out. So my, my question is how many of those homeless people that went missing, really, I, I have no idea where they are. Where did they go? They went missing. I was kind of joking. Like somebody said they, they got swept under some, like a bed, like metaphorically. I'm like, maybe, maybe literally, maybe. Yeah. It's, if we, if we look at what totalitarian governments have done in the past, and then you look at the totalitarian direction that California is going, I mean, we say California jokingly, but you have the president of China going to California and all of a sudden they're trying so hard to make California a very presentable place, San Francisco, you know, like you said, they're sweeping up all the, all the homeless people for, all right. for a foreign dictator who's committing genocide. Like, yeah, no one's talking about them. They're not, yeah, no one's talking about the Uyghur Muslims. Like, that's a big deal. And we let Disney get a pass. We let the NBA get a pass. And obviously, you know, we we still buy everything from there. It's like, we can't help it. And I, I was happy to see there was a presidential candidate uh, who maybe doesn't have a chance. Maybe he does. Um, Ramaswamy talking about finally, you know, pulling back from that relationship that we have with them where we're completely dependent on somebody that we consider uh, an adversary or a competitor. I don't know what we call them now, but one question that I had for, for you, and it's not really a question, but just a thought, is the homeless people that went, uh, got disappeared, you know, they, yeah, they, they beefed up their cleaning schedules, they disappeared, all these homeless people. How many of them do you think were vets? Probably a significant portion. Because, I mean, in California, you have beautiful weather. You have, you know, they're paying the homeless people cash money just mm-hmm. to be homeless. Like, I think it was in uh, Los Angeles that like homeless people are getting thousands of dollars just to be homeless. They get cell phones paid for by the government. Like there's an incentivization for people to be homeless there. So you have the incentive, the Mm -hmm. location. There's it's very easy to assume, especially with those military bases right there. You know, you have Paris Island, Mm -hmm. San Diego, you have 29 Palms. You've got all those, Marine Corps and Navy bases, yeah. Air Force bases. On and San the, Diego's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And the bases are gorgeous, or at least from what, what I can see. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've always wanted to visit San Diego. I've always wanted to visit California. But at, at this point, do you reconcile with yourself that you are going there and you're going to be supporting the environment that's doing so much damage to these people? Yeah. You know, that's the same thing. Like, like I said earlier, I'm half Cuban. I can't reconcile with myself to go to Cuba to see where we're from because any money that I take with me and spend there is going to help the government that's repressing our people. I cannot in wow. good conscience do that. And yeah. the same, yeah, the same. I won't go to New York. I won't go to California, whether it's repressing their second amendment rights, their first amendment rights, whether it's hurting our veterans. I, 
I put my money where my mouth is. I will not go there. Yeah. No, that's, um, that, that makes perfect sense to me. I'm glad to see that, you know, you're a man of principle in that regard. I know a lot of people, they don't have that luxury, uh, to be able to avoid these things. So it's like, okay, like I, I get it. Do what you can. Right. Um, and it's, it's hard because I was just talking to a guy, um, and he was saying down in Connecticut, I want to say down, I think it's, I think it's north of me, really. Um, over in Connecticut, we have, they literally just stripped Second Amendment rights. Um, I guess you can't open carry anymore. Like that's going to decrease crime. Okay. Yeah. No it, open it, carry? It's okay. a feel-good law that makes no sense. Like here in Florida, you're not allowed to open carry. We have constitutional carry, but... I mean, let's, you know, we just got that win. We just got constitutional carry. Now let's work on the next thing. It's a win. Um, yeah. yeah. Win's a win. It's a win. I'll, I'll take, take it. it. Yeah. Um, it's a step in the right direction. But then we have half of the country, like Chicago. What's their gun laws look like? And how's the crime rate looking there? We Let's talk about Chicago. <laughs> I literally just saw a video of um, some young urban males showing off their Fully automatic Glocks. I wish I had one, just for fun. Not, not it's not practical, just for not fun. <laughs> and you know, they're they're out there showing them off. No fear. Not like, hey, bro, like, look what I got. No, no, no. Just out there, and it's like, wait a minute. I thought, you know, having a magazine over ten rounds was going to get you pinched. I thought, you know, like literally breaking federal gun laws. Yeah, not a care in the world. Well, so tell me, maybe not you, but like person who wants to explain to me how gun laws are going to make me safer, how a buyback is going to make me safer. Who's stopping those guys from breaking every gun law that they can possibly break? You know, like nothing. They've already broken them. They have no fear of consequences because you have all these DAs that they refuse to prosecute these crimes. They refuse to, you know, do mm -hmm. the work that is needed to put the people that are committing the crimes behind bars. They don't have any teeth. They're not paid enough. They're not, you know, there's such a high turnover in the state department or not the mm -hmm. state department, the uh, state attorney's office, the district right. attorney's office. Like there's no retention rate that, you know, it doesn't matter how many cops are good and they're going to go out and get guns and drugs and stuff like that. It doesn't matter if the state attorneys aren't willing to prosecute, put them in jail and keep them there. It doesn't matter how many people are in jail if they're not able to stay there. Because they're just going to keep going. You have all this cash. Absolutely. They go in, they offend, they walk out a couple hours later, they pick up, their boys pick them up, and they get handed another gun. So, what did those gun laws do? It's only affecting the people that are law abiding. Right. Only the people who are willing to listen. You know, literally, I saw a sign today. It was a state sign that said, In this place, you can't carry a gun. And it's like, you know, who's going to know? No one's going to know. And, and even if they knew, <laughs> even if they knew, who's going to enforce this law? And maybe, you know, depending on where you live, maybe maybe they'll enforce it. Maybe they won't. Maybe, you know, it, especially if you're law abiding, maybe they'll try to make an example of you. Be like, hey, Mr. Law abiding citizen. Uh, no, 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 don't you get out of line too. But yeah, I remember, I remember there was an incident where, uh, this was a couple of years ago. I want to say right before the pandemic, 2019 timeframe, a woman was living in Pennsylvania, I believe. I'm not familiar with the Northeast, so I could be mm -hmm. getting my geography a little bit wrong. But she lived in Pennsylvania. It was lawfully concealed carrying. She mm -hmm. missed her exit, accidentally got into the 
the bridge over to New Jersey and got stops in New Jersey where five feet left, she was legally carrying in Pennsylvania. She took a wrong turn. The cops stopped her and ended up arresting her, charging with multiple felonies for gun violations and sending her to jail. Like, wow. Wow. I can't, I can't do this. I'll make an example out of her, you know, a single mother of one, but you know, you have violent offenders that go out and they, they just keep reoffending and nothing will be done about that. Do what they want to do. And here's the thing. I think a lot of these gun laws are bogus. I think a lot of them are dumb. I'm looking at some of the responses that we have from our question about where the homeless went. Uh, I'll, I'll read it out in a second. But I mean, the fact that if you have a an AR-15 or even even like a standard like hunting rifle and it's too short, you know, like just an inch too short, 16 inches is kind of the limit. That's kind of like standard AR. You might have an 18 inch AR. Um, and 18 inch barrel, 26 inches overall, if I'm not mistaken. Don't let it be 25. Don't don't let that barrel be 15.5 inches. One extra inch. Right. Yeah. Like, and even, even in the wake of the Bruin decision, which is very clear cut Supreme Court case that, you know, hey, you cannot violate the law based on when the Second Amendment was enacted in 1791, I believe. What was the gun control at that time period, we still had Corsairs where people were, the government was actually issuing letters of mark to private companies to go attack foreign countries' vessels offshore, where private companies, private individuals had vessels with weapons of mass destruction, man of war with 50 guns, broadside, starboard, portside, and they were attacking foreign nations. This was legal back in the 1790s when the Second Amendment wow. So if you take that into context with the Supreme the, Court, the 1970s, uh, 1790s, 1790, gotcha. Uh, with the Bruin decision, they just said, you know, 90% of the gun laws on the book are illegal. They're unconstitutional. Yeah. So, and... so now it's just a problem of getting the proper lawsuits in the proper jurisdictions to getting these overturned. And it's just a very slow slow mm-hmm. legal battle, I believe, at this point. Yeah, it's it, it really is. I think the NFA is a joke. Um, and I, somebody asked me the other day, like, hey, man, uh, this is during a, what, what, what do we call it, um, kickback session that we had in the, in the locals Discord, not the Discord, in the locals feed. And we, uh, we brought in a previous guest we were talking about, uh, oh, man, we, we are allowed to, we're allowed to have pistol braces again because it got struck down as unconstitutional by a federal judge. And I'm just like, not impressed. Yeah. That shouldn't be the standard. You want a brace? (laughs) Go ahead. Talk on it. Like for me, I just, I just purchased a suppressor. The wait time from when my tax stamp, illegal, unethical, immoral, Mm -hmm. from when that was cashed to when it got approved, 956 days. Oh my God. Yeah. Two and two years and some change. What? I've not heard of it being over a year and some months. They had yeah. you sitting for two years. Yeah. Bro, you got, you got some felonies on you? Like what's, what's going on? <laughs> like clearly you wouldn't have it if you, if you, 
if you had done something wildly illegal. But it's all the anti government rhetoric. It's just calling out the government. They're not able to help our vets. They're not able to help anybody. And I guess they just didn't like it. And because you want to preserve your hearing, the little hearing that you have left, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you've heard some loud oh, noise. I, I have hearing loss. I have tinnitus, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because you, you want to save the hearing that you have left. They're like, you know what? Screw the one year time. Wait, let's do two years for this guy. Since, since he wants to have the loud mouth and help the vets down in Miami. Two years for this guy. Golly. Give me a yeah, break. That also, that also brings it into a uh, not just a Second Amendment issue, but a Fourth Amendment issue of unlawfully seizing and retaining property, private property of a of a, of a, of a legal of a citizen. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the government is, isn't allowed to do that. So yeah, but you know they're not going to let you get away with that. Um, as in, they're not going to allow you to complain about that and then be heard. Um, there was, I want to address this and then we'll, we'll wrap up, um, when DJ play nice in the comment section in the locals live chat said, where'd the homeless go? I can't speak to San Francisco, but many, uh, many are bust out to other communities. The Midwest has lots of cities and towns where homeless populations have experienced explosive growth within the last two years. Incredible. This has not been commensurate with an employment fallout or from any COVID. Da-da-da-da. Midwest winters are not for everyone. Stress. Golly. Yeah, I mean, Midwest. In Iowa, some small communities have had an influx of 10 to 20% of the existing population. It's uh, stupefying to many. Yeah. So more or less... Potentially, all those people that were in Sacramento potentially are in some brutal winter place where they're they might die. Um, you know what? That's a sacrifice we're willing to make here in California. Yeah, for uh, for the uh, grand uh, president of of China. Just um, just imagine that this is the United States of America. Mm-hmm. This is how far are we. Where fall? where is our pride? <laughs> like where is your like? Get it together, man. Oh my it's, gosh. I, I wish the US was a man that I could just smack him one time and just look him in the eye and be like, get it together. Golly. But that's elder abuse. Of course. <laughs> then, then he might, you know, be walking around. Bro, did you see our, our glorious president of the United States of America randomly jumped up out of his seat and ran over to the president of China and started talking to him? And you can see like his, his, his like, wait, what's happening? Like he, listen, I, I work in special needs. The man looked like he had autism, like enough that it, it's a problem. Like he just jumped up and ran over to him. Like you did not have some glorious idea that was so important that you needed to jump about your seat and run over to this guy and risk being attacked by his security. Oh, absolutely. Because, because you know, you know, they don't care. They'll start a war. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're just looking for the excuse. China, China's very, a very interesting uh, organization right now. Like they're a very communist, very top-down, centralized government, but they're also everywhere. Like most of Central, South America, the Caribbean has Chinese influence. There's two military bases in Mexico. There's a military intelligence base 
a Chinese military intelligence base in Cuba. There's military installations all over the Caribbean, like less than 90 miles from our border that are Chinese owned from their uh, Belt and Road Initiative. Mm. And, you know, oh, they're right at our door, but it's okay. Let's just keep buying cell phones and trinkets and toys. And like you said, Vivek Ramaswamy is trying to do something that I haven't heard any other political candidate for. Like I'm, try I'm trying to stay as far away from politics as possible. But I mean, if we're able to bring those jobs back here and that puts our veterans at work here mm -hmm. and we're able to, you know, increase the quality of life, increase our own economy and our own infrastructure, that sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, I think to, to do that, it would take hard work. And it would take a lot of push and it might take a little bit of sacrifice, but you know what the American people will do? The ones who really care, um, they have shown throughout history to be resilient. Yes. I know like we're dealing with kind of a, a generation that is as frail as can be, <laughs> but I, I think we can still do it. I think we can push through. I think we can push through some of the noise and, and say like, Hey, whatever it takes to make sure that we have, not supremacy, but some sort of parity, parity is the word, um, where we can operate independently. Like Texas has talked about seceding for a while. That's where I am. And here's the thing, like not entirely, like, we, ha we have our own grid, but in a, in a way, I think if they really wanted to, they could do it because we have resources. We have a lot of what it takes to survive independently um, here. That said, what about the you know United States proper, where so much of what we have is built in Taiwan, which China wants it back. Um, so much of what we have medically, like even I think insulin and a couple other drugs that are pretty serious and you know a lot of people need, um, manufactured in China, uh, cars, uh, everything. I mean, obviously, so a lot of cars are made in Mexico these days because I guess it's cheaper, but. We're, 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 in a, we're in a really tough spot and I can hope, I can only hope that guys like you, you know, continue to strengthen, you know, those roots, you know, the guys who have done a lot of the hard work, who they're still good people, they're still strong, but they need a little help. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, once again, if there's anything you'd like to say in closing, go ahead and fire that in there, but, um, tell people where they can find you and, and how they can support your work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can go to miamivets.org. You can donate, you can contact us. If you're in need of help or contact information is at the bottom, use our contact link. Uh, you can use Instagram, miami.vets Instagram handle, reach out to us, send us a DM. If you're in need of help, we would love to help you do whatever we can. Um, if you want to donate, we have the donate link on the website. That's yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, I'm really looking forward to the next couple of years, seeing how many people we can help. Man, bro. Thank you so much for, you know, coming on the show and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and meet you out so I can go ahead and end here. Um, guys, thank you so much for watching, listening, costly conversations. We're wrapping up here. Uh, if you want to help John out, I'm going to try to link to it below, but if for some reason it's not there, let me know. I want to make sure you get, I want to make sure you get these links so you can help John in his mission. Um, he comes very highly recommended by a lot of good guys who you probably know and love. Um, some of the guys in the comment section are showing love to John right now. And um, 
special thanks to to John as I'm, I'm seeing here. Um, guys, on the screen, I need to update that QR code for those of you who are watching live. That just takes you to the uh, Armed Atlas uh, YouTube channel. Uh, we'll, we'll get that updated. My apologies. And for those of you who are watching or listening, best way to support this show directly is to join the community on Locals. We're trying to make sure that we can bring you great value. If you're on that platform, armedatlas.com, or excuse me, armedatlas.locals.com. Um, but before you do any of that, before you even consider throwing me a dollar, I want you to take the $5 membership that you would pay here, send it to miamivets.org. And once you do that, let me know, I'm going to give you a discount code for like two or three months, um, of this service of, so, you know, if you, if you thought about joining us here, Go join them first. Let me know, and I'll make sure that you get a discount code. Maybe the first month free or whatever, whatever, whatever it is that you want. Let me know. I'm gonna hook you up. So, man, God bless John. God bless you guys. Much love, peace. Love you guys. Bye.